Revenge of the 80s Kids has been rated P for podcast. too many mince pies and small nibbly savoury things in fact quite a lot no no thank you mother no chocolate fingers for me take them away thank you so if it's all the same to you guys i'm just gonna put my feet up and have a bit of a lie down i'm not stressed you should be fine without me leo's told me this is going to be a 2013 retrospective i love clip shows week off so you run the thing about tron which we discussed earlier this year and i'm going to put my feet up on the stool uh Ian, 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 you're not not going anywhere. By retrospective of 2013, I did not mean some lazy rehash of bits, you know, what we might term our best bits. We're not that kind of podcast. No, what I mean is we're going to take a look back over the year in film and even take a a look at the year coming up as a sort of, uh, you know, like the great Roman god Janus with a face on each side looking forward and back simultaneously so there will be a requirement for active participation um yeah sorry about that uh, right. by the way well, this is leo one of the 80s kids who hasn't eaten too many mince pies uh, i am in and i'm pouring myself a liqueur to aid my digestion and i am also <laughs> one of the 80s kids <laughs> i'm just crawling out of the kind of the, the chocolate paper wrappers and kind of debris of the stuff i've i've i've, I've been munching my way through i'm just in another 80s kids Yes, we're not joined this week by Sue. Uh, she is sleeping off the vast amount of... She basically said to me a couple of days ago, uh, we haven't eaten enough chocolate this Christmas. And you can see how that situation ended up. So, yes, there has been <laughs> yes. a, a lot of eating. Uh, yes, I believe it's the only up. person Willy Wonka has given a lifetime ban to. <laughs> but, yes, so um, let's let's... First of all, the first thing that strikes me... Uh, and Justin, maybe you would partake in this. It is Christmas, and well, Christmas time, the festive yeah. season. So parlor games are the the thing at the moment. Oh, Let yes. us start parlor game. Uh, you have, of course, the 2013 in film Wikipedia page open uh, right there. And are you, you expecting me to do a charade? Because I don't think it's going to work. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, charades <laughs> the best. That's well, you know, that give us a clue on the television. Yes. That's that is a radio series. Uh, didn't last very long, <laughs> but no, no. Um, <laughs> You've seen the list of highest grossing films of 2013 yes. prior to this when we did our summer retrospective. Right. However, it has changed in the meanwhile. Changed uh, like Matt able... Smith has changed. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, so uh, having a look at that, you, would you be able to tell me what has what is new and what has it bumped off? Because I worked this out earlier. Um, let's have a look now. Um well, it's the Hunger Games up there, isn't it? Because I don't think they come out yet, had it? When we when no, we did that, that. hasn't come out. So the Hunger Games has replaced something, yes. Um, and maybe Thor as well, because I don't think that had come out. Yes, 
that that has replaced something. The as other well. ones were, I think we discussed, didn't we? I, don't, I can't remember the exact order. I know that Iron Man three well, was up there. Uh, anyway. Slight clue: one of the ones bumped off the list has slipped off into darkness. You could say. Mm. Oh, oh, oh yes, that'll be. Zoom! I've still got it. Yeah. Also, you missed Gravity. Gravity wasn't out. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah. So that was on there. Uh, yes, Star Trek Into Darkness has, has, has left the, the top grossing films of 2013 list, yeah. as has Pacific Rim. Yeah, that's uh, right. Sadly. Lost Beneath um, the Waves, although my nephew gives rave reviews and has watched the DVD twice, which apparently and is And the, the other one, which I personally am sad to see uh, leave, was uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, which previously oh, yeah. was on the list, but is now no longer on the list. Crushed so, under yes. the massive gravity... Of film of same name. <laughs> so, and, and it is entirely likely that uh, when all is said and done, come January, February time, World War Z will no longer be on the list either, replaced, Probably of course, might. by The Hobbit. It'll be which will Yeah, that's true. Like, likely come in at number yeah, two. Yeah, I think that's, probably, that's probably true. Time. So, yeah, so there we go. So, that's our. We've managed, therefore, to cover the top 10 highest grossing films of 2013 in, in, in a few. Mere words for the rest yes. of it. You can refer back to our summer review because the rest yeah. of it is largely unchanged. But yes, yeah, so uh, the massive uh, success for the Hunger Games, massive success for Gravity, and that must um, that must make people happy because Gravity, obviously, quite an expensive film to produce, but not a yeah. not expensive in terms of actors or any of that no. kind of stuff. I cannot think of the only thing i can think of that would be duller than sitting through gravity would be sitting through part two of the hobbit so yeah have I, you, have I you not seen it or you are you seen gravity it? no i couldn't be bothered but 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 have you seen the hobbit part two? Oh, i've seen hobbit part one that was enough well it's much better than that i'm saying it's much more like the film like the book it's actually it's, it's well, that doesn't really sell me. I yes. think my objections I mean, the no, first no, one whether it was like the book. Now the story's underway a bit. I would expect it to pick up a bit, but the thing is, it, it's just the length. I don't mind watching a film that long. It's just not having a pause in the middle to go away and have a meal or something. That that makes me a bit grim and depressed about the prospect of basically spending an whole afternoon or whole morning in a theater. Mind you, that would that would let me escape the summer sun right now, which is being. Reasonably unforgiving. Speaking <laughs> of unforgiving, let us turn to January, perhaps January to March. And, uh, uh, yes, let yeah. us let us re- commence our uh, our um, our retrospective. So yes, January came in with. Uh, I'm intrigued to note that one of the first films that opened last year was Texas Chainsaw 3D. I'd like to see um, the adventure arts. Yes, <laughs> some uh, you know. It, what's interesting about that is it both tells you something about the state of the horror industry and also of the film industry as a whole in that you have uh, you know a, a limp remake of a horror classic from the 70s now yeah. rendered in 3D yeah so there we go so that was one of the very first things to come out uh, then in the second week we had gangster squad which uh, famously underwhelmed everybody uh, everywhere yeah, that I it went that. um Hansel and Gretel witch hunters i saw yeah, I had fun good, with that good fun uh, yeah, I had fun with that definitely. Um, and Mama uh, came out in January, which is the reverse of the the other thing. It was actually an all right horror movie, uh, a rare all right horror movie. Uh, it came out the same week as The Last Stand. Arnold Schwarzenegger's return to the screen oh, yeah, after yeah. relinquishing his post as the uh, as the governor. So mm. uh, yes, 
other notable things that uh, came out. I went to see Parker, not one of Jason Statham's greatest. Bullet to the Head came out at last, the Sylvester Snow movie. I've not seen that. Warm Bodies, the uh, attempted humorous oh, yeah. sort of uh, zom, zom rom-com, that's what they called yeah. it. Yeah, it's a, an American uh, Shaun of the Dead, I guess they were going for, yes. weren't they, really? But... He's not really yeah. dead, he's just mostly dead. He's yeah. mostly dead, yeah. Uh, and, and True Love brought him back to life. Yeah, so, you know, it, that was mm. Identity Thief, which I saw the other day on Sky Movies. That was um, unremarkable. Side Effects I still haven't seen, but apparently it has a great twist, or they kind of imply that it does. A Good Day to Die Hard. Showed the Die Hard uh, franchise limping into the... Although yeah. I, know, I haven't seen that yet. I'm planning maybe watching it later, uh, this evening or whatever. Beautiful Creatures tried to capitalise, as several other things did, on the old Twilight thing oh, um, yeah. and failed, like the other things um, that came up in that. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about earlier, me and Ian, before the podcast started, was the, the fact that this was a year when fairy tales were everywhere. Uh, Jack yeah. the Giant's uh, being the most notable. Kind of following on the... Because that's a lot of that happening in TV at the moment, isn't it? It's kind of following that, I suppose. Yeah, people seem to have gone fairy tale nuts at the moment. Yeah, I think they're sick of vampires is what it is. I think they're just looking for something else. Uh, so of course we've the had new that, thing. We had that former uh, top ten grocer that now isn't Oz the Great and Powerful. That came out in March. Yeah. Here's an interesting one. The Incredible Burt Wonderstone came out in March, but I don't think it got a cinema release in the UK. Probably no. it didn't do very well in the States. That would be the reason for that. But yeah. I watched it yesterday, and it was it was perfectly acceptable. I don't understand really what... I mean, they brought Identity Thief out here, which one was, you know, its its own thing. But, I mean, I don't, I, sometimes I don't understand why things don't make it across the pond. And, uh, yeah, that kind of sums up oh of course we had the second gi joe movie that came out in march as well and olympus has fallen the first of the white house down movies uh yeah. the other one of course being white house down so the uh, second one somewhat defined the genre by giving it its name so in many ways yes, exactly. sums up the problems with olympus has fallen also uh, uh the host isn't that the adaptation of um oh the new uh, yeah the the host is the the new uh one from the woman who wrote Twilight, yes, which came out. And then, again, even the person who wrote Twilight can't capitalise on the Twilight audience. Well, nobody's interested. Not, if it's no, not Twilight, we'll nobody's interested. Yeah. So there we go. So that, that's, yeah, so that's our January to March. I mean, the thing about it is, it is the usual thing that, uh, as we shall probably find coming up next year, this is the time when people release films that, that you know, uh, well, you know, mostly it's Oscars, isn't it? So yeah. let's just yeah, yeah. release a few films for a bit of a laugh. I mean, yeah, there's a few of them are surprising. I mean, you know, clearly Disney didn't have very much faith in, in Oz the Great and Powerful to be releasing it around that time. Uh, mm. I mean, this is a sort of hopeful time when people release movies on the hope that they might do better than than people... You know, so there's kind of the qualifiers is basically what March to January, uh, January to March is. Yes, I think if they find anything has legs in this time, that's when it gets put forward for a sequel, which does therefore make me wonder whether the Hansel and Gretel movie might get a sequel, because that seemed to get more, more play. I think it will do. It kind of set itself up nicely for it, didn't it? 
Well, yeah, whether the film sets itself up is not the same thing. I think what it is is I think it's become a thing, you know, like I mean, people I think know it's very about popular. It. So, so, yeah. so they, they left enough room for a sequel that sort of left some breadcrumbs for another film, you could say. Oh, well done <laughs> there. Um, I haven't seen course, any of these films. Puns is all I've got for you. <laughs> we can't we can't read much into the fact that GI Joe came out before. What I mean, April is when the summer begins uh, these days in film. So yeah, so technically, as GI Joe came out three days before the end of or four days before the end of March, it, it doesn't count as a, you know being in time for the summer. But we can't read anything into that fact. They're going to make GI Joe the next chapter whether we care about it or not. I think well, the only time that Hasbro have ever taken anything off the table is when they decided that Battleship wasn't a good idea. No. <laughs> well, um, G.I. Joe, it's strange in March, because you think it's tying his toys. It's missed Christmas. It ain't summer. So it's rather odd. It's a, it's a, it is a little bit buried down here in March. I don't know what happened there. I mean, I think that Hasbro will be shopping around for a different studio than Paramount Pictures MGM for the next one. Because the way that I think it worked was that um, they had it ready for a late summer release in time for Christmas last year. And then they went, and then the studio went, well, we've made an, there was, it's the second time that I think they, the studios have started doing this creative thing where they release films to make the balance sheet work. And I think that's what January to March is for. Any sort of genre movies that come out between January and March are like, we would like to make this much money. Our summer last year made this much. If we release this movie, we think we can get to our target. And I think what happened was with that, that G.I. Joe was slated to be a summer release. And then the studio went, we've made enough money. This will just be gravy. As it's a gravy movie, January to March. And Hasbro probably spat their dummy about that. But the studio gets final say on when a film gets actually distributed. So I'm imagining that Hasbro have picked up their action figures and gone elsewhere because they want to be guaranteed that people will see it in time for Christmas. Um, and obviously that didn't happen with the second one. I'm imagining that Hasbro are trying to cut or were, were able to cut an incredibly ungenerous deal with the film studio uh, given the you know the cash flow associated with it and that's why the studio decided to say well if you're going to do that to us we'll do this to you and it's become a bit of a tit for tat i mean there's more money in toys than there is in movies yeah this is the fact <laughs> so, anyway then comes april the long <laughs> summer of 2013 which begins. we have already which we have already retrospective so all the main things will probably um, we'll probably skip over, but of course we opened April with uh, the remake of The Evil Dead, which to this day uh, I don't think many people have seen. No, uh, well, no. many people above twenty-five <laughs> yeah. children will go and see anything, but <laughs> cynical of you, sir. Well, you know, didn't really see much <laughs> point remaking it. Really, I mean, it was already made once, so. Yeah, well, there's know. lots of things that you can make again that then, you know, there's actually something worthwhile about. Some remakes uh, famously are better than the originals and therefore yeah. have become the, the thing that that have set it up. But, yeah, Evil Dead was one of those things that had pretty much been made. There gets a point where a film has been made. It's, a, oh, it's interesting that we should be talking about this, about this April release of The Evil Dead. For we are having... 
next year, a second helping of film that has been properly made already. Oh, you must be talking about Robocop, sir. Yes, I am, of course, talking about Robocop. Um, so yes, that that is, they haven't stopped with that. They're making films that don't need remaking. And everybody, the point is, already people are like, no. The more I think about this, the less I think that this is a good idea. The nearer we get, the more people are like, hang on, just a second. Did nobody think about this? So yeah, I'm I'm predicting a bomb on that particular movie because there's nothing they can do. Oh, interestingly. Uh, April, uh, we had, uh, uh, talking of not even a remake, but just a reissue, Jurassic Park came out in 3D. Wow, I bet people were really happy to see that. Yeah, Yeah, but these days, 90s films are considered ancient, which is frankly terrifying. The fact that Terminator 2 is over 20 years old terrifies me in a very primal way. I can feel the, the sand of my time slipping between my fingers when I think about things like that. Yeah, what's interesting about it, though, is you're right, you, you are correct in a way that 90s movies seem quite old. Robocop and Total Recall, on the other hand, still seem quite new. I think that says more about the cinema of the 90s than it does about, <laughs> you know. I mean, The Abyss was 1989, and I was watching that the other day because they've got the special edition on even one of the more abyss services. even deeper um, well the special edition is the director's cut which first of all apparently I, I think I, when it first came out well if you're going to watch the abyss you might as well watch the James Cameron approved version Have well yes exactly well, no, if you're going to go there go full the way yeah. I can't remember this but because I only saw it when it came out and I didn't really take it in but the theatrical cut apparently is terrible and has loads of plot holes in it, which are easily sewn up by the director's cut. But the, yeah. the, at the time, they said nobody's going to watch two hours and 40 minutes of people underwater, James. So cut 50 minutes. So he did, and then they released that. But the other thing that struck me is that watching it in Super HD on my massive LED telly looks pretty good, you know? I mean, it looks like modern. It looks like a movie of... The modern era, which says to me that was a bit of a mistake back in 1989 because it meant you pretty much had to go and see it in the cinema because when they transferred it to video, it just suddenly all looked a bit grey and muddy. Um, and so what James Cameron had done in 1989 is make a movie from, you know, 2008. I've always found um, James Cameron very technically competent. He's very reliable for bringing, bringing the biscuits, shall we say. What is it with biscuits and you today? <laughs> kind of, it's a new year. Can't I have a new, a new turn of phrase? It's going to be my new catchphrase. <laughs> Gone is Doctor Who or my obsession with that. This 2014 is going to be the year of the biscuit. Year of the <laughs> biscuit. And, and there we have our header for the, for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what surprises me though is because, yeah, Okay, so it sounds great. He made the, a film that looks at home in that mid two thousands to late two thousands era in nineteen eighty nine. That sounds yeah. like wow, what a what a forward thinking guy. No, that's called being way ahead of your time. Because then what happened was 
The Abyss came out of the cinema. A few people went to see it. They came out of the cinema going, that didn't make much sense. No, it didn't. I feel like there was 50 minutes missing out of that movie. Looked nice, though. Yes, it did. But then nobody went to see it at the cinema, so everybody caught it on video. And then when I watched the video, I went, it's a bit grey and muddy, isn't it? I don't think he's done a very good job here. And then it gets forgotten and put on a shelf for many years. And then eventually you get to watch it in HD you know, with all the sound and with all of the plot put back in. And you go, oh, it's actually a pretty decent movie. Shame it took 20 years to pay off. Well, I'm pretty sure I've seen a, a director's cut, or an extended version at least, decades ago. It would have been in, in great slimy vision. Oh, yeah, they released the, but yes, they released... The film's always had its fans. It's always had people who, who stump it as one of their favourite films and how they gush over how it's all kind of, you know, it's all about how marriage saves and improves you and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, but, that, but that's the thing. Those are people who are picking up the story. And the point was that, you know, unless you went into the cinema in the week that they quickly re-released the special edition to try and get a few people into the cinema to see it, um, you you, yeah. you would never see oh, the abyss I, I, in the way that it was possibly intended to be seen no, until was, you had the technology in your home to watch it that it way. It was marketed very badly at the time as being, you know, this is a film from the same guy who brought you Aliens and The Terminator, and that's probably not two, the two films you don't want to mention before going in to watch The Abyss, probably. Because this is, this, is, this is a different animal altogether. It's a different cow. It was, but it was, a, it was the first time they'd really used that kind of a computer effects, wasn't it? And it was kind of yes. pretty groundbreaking. That was quite eye-opening. I remember being very memorable, that kind of watery creature. We'd not really seen anything like that on the screen. No, um, and these days it looks it looks quite tame and it's well done. And the thing about it is that then you know that many of the effects, with the exception of that one, are practical. And it it just I mean yeah, yeah it's a beautiful looking movie these days. And you you know people should really go and catch that. So yes, in our Definitely. retrospective 2013, we've mentioned a film from 1989 and told people to go and watch it. But then I suppose that kind of we got onto that from Jurassic Park 3D, which um, you know. Oh it, goodness it just, me! Yes, we're back here again, aren't we? Um, um, well, we, we can sit yes. down and talk about Oblivion. I've actually seen Oblivion. Um, yes, Oblivion, Oblivion, I actually which thought didn't was make, really Yeah, it didn't make the top grossing movies. Yes, it's a good movie, though. Well, it was all right. Yeah, they're just a talk. We haven't heard enough. What, yes, what did you think sorry. of Oblivion, Justin? I, I was very impressed. I'm not, To be honest, I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. Um, no. And, but, and I, but I kind of went along, and I was very impressed with it. It kind of looked beautiful. It was, you know, a very solidly well-made science fiction film. Mm. You know, it drew a lot of inspiration from other things, sure, but, you know, it was very credible. It, you know, it was a good story, so I couldn't really complain about it too much, really. It was kind of, it was, a, yeah, a, a good, decent film, I thought. It was all right, huh? Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, well, of course, the chief thing it drew inspiration from was the uh, the, the graphic novel on which it was based. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was based on a graphic novel. Yeah, no, I thought this looks like a great original sci-fi, and then went, hmm, nothing's original these days, and went and looked into it, and it's a graphic novel. It's graphic. It's, a, it's an adaptation of a, of a graphic novel, directed by the same guy who bought you um, Tron Legacy. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. yes. Um, I but see, I can see that, actually. Like, like a strong that. design it as it's running through it, so I think that, that director has a good grasp of these things. The thing that... Um, the thing, what I've noted is that Tom Cruise, since Minority Report... Now, Minority Report was a film that nobody liked. Really? Except 
I think. No, yeah, at the time, nobody went to see it. It got released in one of these graveyard periods, and it was just seen as too dark. I mean, it was a Steven Spielberg film starring Tom Cruise, and there was a general feeling it was, quote-unquote, too dark, okay. uh, which was kind of interesting. It's probably why um, I liked it, but, actually. Oh, yeah, but the thing about it is, it's a great movie, and yeah. I think, you know, much like The Abyss... It's got its fans. I'm a massive fan of Minority Report. And I think one of the people who's a big fan of Minority Report is Tom Cruise. I think he thought that that was a, a bloody good movie and that he's yeah. sorry that it didn't, he didn't, you know. I think he personally probably feels a bit like, well, why didn't it work? And Oblivion just seems, he seems to have always tried to pick something else that's like Minority Report. I think he's pretty confident that at some point he will break something like that and that's why he keeps making movies like this which I think is is no bad thing but the whole thing with him navigating the computer with his hands and uh, and you know moving all the images that's kind of like being held up by geeks yes this is the future we must reach this point oh yeah that's because that's because a lot of the associated well, material to the movie and it's become a thing you know that's yeah they, they were clever yeah. they were clever with the technology in that film they were looking at things that were possible down the road not just you know flights of fantasy fantasy so, you know, they were they were credible. It was only set like about 50 years or so in the future. So they were trying to think of what was coming up and what could exist. So, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why I like it. It's kind of smart like that. But, uh, so, yeah. So anyway, yes, know. Oblivion. I, I did not find it overly offensive. And I thought uh, the aliens were quite good in the sense the aliens didn't even really even come to Earth. They just sent a machine. I thought that makes science fiction sense. So, um, yes, uh, approval. Proceed. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, obviously, the big story of April was Iron Man 3, but we've pretty much yeah, done that yeah. to death at this stage. So we've all move. had a go wearing the armour at this point. It's looking a bit sweaty and manky, to be honest with you. <laughs> Straight into that. Um, is it worth, possibly, let's take a f- just a few minutes, just one or two minutes, to talk about the fact that into darkness now has yes as you said ian earlier slid into darkness and yeah. is not part of the top 10 highest grade. i mean they're definitely making a third one they're gonna go yeah I'm not, I'm not surprised that they're not i mean that's just an ongoing thing now isn't it really unless they really do come up with something i'll be i'll be interested whether it's still going to be the same director though i think it might be handed over at this point oh no of course it is because jj abrams is now star wars yeah yeah, but he's, so, he's left a reasonably good I think that will benefit from it. I think he had all his fun on the first movie, and then I think he was kind of getting a bit lazy on Into Darkness, so I think it should well, be yeah. handed on to someone now. Yeah, I, think, I think, from what I understand of the fallout, is that they all, you know, Abrams, Orkai, Kurtzman and Lindelof all went and, you know, had a big back-slapping session where they decided that all this fan service was going to be great. And they all kind of, in their own heads, convinced themselves that everything they were doing was going to be awesome. And then it came out and everyone said that was terrible. And then they all sort of had this kind of hangover of like, oh, yeah, I suppose it is, really. (laughs) Because they've all come out and like apologised. They go, oh, yeah, we're we're really sorry about that. Uh, Well, Abrams can afford to shake it off because he's got Star Wars, so he's got a a bigger mountain to climb anyway. Um, I, I mean, it makes me think about Cumberbatch, because he did his Julian Assange movie, which which has vanished without a trace as well. 
I'm wondering is, is he is he not quite the super movie hot property everyone thought he was going to be? Is he is he really? Oh, he'll be. I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean, I can see how that Lestrange thing didn't go well too well, like mass popular appeal. I mean, you know, he's not exactly a popular character in America. No. So, but he, he was considered, you know, in terms of internet buzz, Cumberbatch gets a bit of it, um, and 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 you know, he, here he was in a Star Trek movie playing. Spoilers, everyone. No, it's not two years yet. I can't do it. Damn. I think people. Re- yes. Um, he's, just, he's, I think people accept that he's just in a bad film. I don't think they they would take. Yeah. They would blame him for that. No. Yeah. The problem with that is he's still a very that... good actor, so I don't think that's going to take anything away from that. There are certain actors who can end up. You just make bad movie after bad movie, you know, bad choice after bad choice, and eventually you you are not, you know, hot. you are not the the hot property that well, you want. Well, he's got a new There's... series of Sherlock coming up. Well, yesterday, as of broadcast, so presumably he's 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 doing quite well again at the moment. So. Um. Yeah, I but I mean, he, you know, I think I think he'll put off all of that. He's he's say he's a very good actor. I don't, I don't think he's going to be tarnished unless he keeps making these kind of choices. I think he'll be fine. Well, he's in the next Hobbit film, and we've all vowed not to go see it, so we'll see. How, <laughs> see how he's we very go. good smell. He's very good at smell. The voice is fantastic. Oh yeah, from the trailers, it, it sounds brilliant. It's um, all right. It's good fun. Yeah, but uh, it'll be all right. I'm sure. Uh, um, well, we have much to do, so. Let us let us descend the, down our list. We've got yes. It's been a bit of a, a, a strange year for. Uh, <clears throat> well, I would say Vin Diesel probably. I think that's probably mm. where we pick up on this. Yeah. Fast and Furious Six, which he was doing for the cash, makes a bunch of money. Uh, yeah. Riddick, uh, which he was doing for the love, was universally hated even by fans of the Riddick franchise. And then Paul Walker goes and dies in a car crash, and mm. this kind of makes Fast and Furious 7 difficult. Yeah. Not impossible, not with the amount no, no, of no. money it, it will. Made. I'm sure it'll happen at some point, but certainly but, not next year when oh, no. they were planning on working on it. You know, I think all the actors concerned will be able to move past their grief and cash their next cheque. Oh, no, absolutely. They're going to... I mean, there's no way that Fast and Furious 6, which is like still number four although it will be bumped by The Hobbit down to number five, but it's one of the top ten grossing movies of the year, and its budget was probably nowhere near the same as some of the other things on the list. So it will happen. They've just got to find a way past it. Um, that's all. So, yeah, I mean, that's... So, yeah, ups and downs. So And I would say that the person that is this most impact is Vin Diesel, who, you know, started the year everybody kind of forgotten who he was honestly, because he hasn't done anything in ages. And then everyone was like, oh, Fast and Furious 6. And then he became, you know, a bit of a pariah after the after letting everyone down. You know, because yeah. that was the thing. I mean, Riddick, the second episode of Riddick, before Riddick came out, Chronicles of Riddick suddenly got this all these people to come out and go, yeah, I actually quite enjoyed that. I know it's yeah. one of the worst box officing movies of all time, but I thought it was pretty good. And they were all there, you know, and then he just let everybody down. It was just like, oh, great. And now, and you know, so yeah, that's going to be a strange 2014 for Vin Diesel, I think, considering uh, those things. Oh, and of course, yes, how could we forget mm. uh, After Earth came yes, out? Yes, I've here. been eyeing uh, that there. M. Night Shyamalan and Will Smith and Spawn uh, do movie most people would rather forget about. Has anyone come out and defend this movie? I, I haven't nope. 
I purposely avoided it. I I don't ever want to watch it. It looks hideously bad, but I don't know. Oh, it was it was extremely nothing. I went to see it. It was extremely nothing. Yeah, it just it was just like it, you know you wouldn't pick it as a Shyamalan movie. It doesn't have any Shyamalan ticks in it. Um, Other than the really dialogue is, being delivered quite slowly. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I just, no, the whole thing was... Well, no, there isn't... Yeah, but that's the thing. For that to be of concern, there would have to be enough dialogue for you to get bored with it. But actually, there's very little dialogue in the whole movie, so... Anyway, uh, Will Smith teaches his son in a sci-fi adventure to become emotionally repressed. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've already been through Man of Steel... Uh, we already had a, a few words about World War Z, which is interesting. The, the World War Z is going to get... That's another one that's going to get um, a sequel, unexpectedly. I, I have yeah. I have three nieces, one nephew. I cannot go to any of their houses without a minion from Despicable Me 2 popping up somewhere and going, yeah. Nino, Nino, at me. So I think Despicable Me 2 made something of an impact. Just say it. Is, it is. Yes, yes. We did discuss this, I think, at the time with the animation, and that being, it's a surprise winner, I think, because you don't associate. I mean, Universal Pictures uh, Animation Wing is not the people that you expect to be taking home the, you know, not in a year when you know Pixar are putting out Monsters U, um, <laughs> in, in within days of each other, in fact. You do not expect in that race. That but it Monsters was a very U popular. Despicable Me was very popular, so I'm not really surprised by that um i think i'd have to say that if you were to ask those involved you know are they surprised at the success they say well no we thought it'd play well where we are surprised is exactly how well it has played. yeah it, it went crazy i think i think maybe there wasn't really a lot there's not really a lot of competition in terms of animated films this year not really well it i mean you've got monsters university but that is a sequel you know well, so it's and me too um, so there's not, yeah, there's, there's only really, is that it? I mean, there was something earlier in the year, but there's that kind of, um, uh, epic, which well, I didn't planes, see. Planes, wasn't there? Wouldn't planes come out this year? Oh, God, yeah, but that was later. Um, later. Planes. Later. So there were we actually, had, in uh, terms of the summer release and animation, there wasn't a lot, really. So, I mean, no. it was gonna, it was gonna, it was gonna do well. Even if it, even if it was gonna be splitting it between Monsters University, but it obviously clearly surpassed that. So, really, in terms of taking your kids to see films, there wasn't much, really, around animated-wise. I think that people... So. I think that the studios play a little bit fast and loose with animation releases for precisely yeah. this reason. Yeah. And that as soon as Despicable Me started to own the world, a lot of things got bumped to later in the I'm year. Sure they got like, yeah, 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 I'm sure Yeah, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, that was that. Um, in America, of course, White House Down came out within that period, although it came out here a lot later. Mm. Um, I very much enjoyed it. That's all I can say. I mean, you know, yeah. it, 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 what, if you'd have said, you know, you've got Olympus has fallen and White House Down, which one would you rather watch? Well, obviously, I didn't go and see Olympus has fallen, so you know what my choice is. But I, weirdly, everybody else went the other way. Those the, the Olympus has fallen made the money because it came out first. So it does show that in some cases, coming out first can be an advantage because White yeah. House Down was definitely the better movie. Um, I think they got the release date right in yeah. the UK and probably got it wrong in America. Um, but they obviously wanted that out for July 4th. 
you know, Roland Emmerich, Independence Day, White House Down, God Bless America. And I don't think this, I think the studio were like, how can we not put this out for July 4th? Uh, the answer was, maybe if you wanted to make some money, but they obviously didn't. Oh, Lone Ranger. Yeah, that's Yeah, we were into, into July, September now. Yeah, uh, we have. Yeah. Did you see, did anyone else see Yeah, Lone I, Ranger? I, I, I quite liked it actually. I know it I did as well. It was very but I actually thought it had good spirit to it, and it was what you would hope for, really. Kind of crazy, you know, kind of uh, old-fashioned type stunts, but obviously everything's kind of a bit more mad now these days. But, you know, with a with a Lone Ranger music blaring, I just thought it was, yeah, a kind of good romp, really. I heard a whisper. Somebody was, you know, saying that it was um, racist. Racist because Johnny Depp is playing a... Uh... But he is... But yeah, actually, he is part Indian, actually. Johnny Depp does have Indian blood in him. So, Just I mean, I, going what I was told, that was the objection. Yeah. But I don't know. And the whole thing with the bird on the head may not have been strictly, particularly accurate. Or indeed, putting on a mask and fighting crime in the, in the West. Um, so, uh, well, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, the, that's the story. Yes. I mean, part of the story. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, he has a friend from He comes from not exactly a PC time, so yes. you're kind of a bit stuffed in that. Uh, I didn't think it was. I didn't really feel that, but you know, I'm not a Native American. No, so I'm just saying. I, really know. That, I mean, I, I couldn't really. I mean, it's like it was what it was, um, and I, you know, I thought it was okay. I, would, I mean, actually, I mean, I mean from, from the Native Americans in it, you know, they, I mean, they basically are poking fun at Johnny Depp themselves. So yes, um, yeah. I, so I, I mean, don't I mean, really think. I mean, he's basically crazy. So they. they well, he's basically I, I, crazy in the in the parrots movies as well. So in in, in many ways, yeah. this just kind of feels like a reskinning. I, th- I think it's better um, though. I think what I found personally, I found I find the pirate movies a little bit long, long, um, and this was snappier. I thought this kind of moved along at a reasonable pace. If I'm going to say one thing that kind of because I was about to toss it in the same bucket as the steampunk Three Musketeers, which you know I I enjoyed it. It was fine. But then I saw it for £3 and I was like, no, I can't be bothered to buy that and take it home. And therefore I go, well, that must be a bad movie then, because although I, it was there in my head. But actually, I probably I wouldn't possibly buy a copy of The Lone Ranger. But the one thing I will note about it is that the one thing it did, which no other film that I know of does quite this well, is that thing of going, is there a supernatural element? No, yeah, they did that very well, actually, I thought. The, the tone of the, being on the edge of something mythic yeah. without ever actually going there is was amazing. That Really well done. Um, and that kind of rises it above other things of the same, uh, of the same nature. Uh, so, yeah, um, obviously we had Pacific Rim in July. Yeah. I think, retrospectively, lots of people are very keen on it. And I think yeah. that might save it in the end. I think I that, so. you know, money talks in the end and people yeah. are, you know, it's a, it's a grower. People are getting... It's certainly a good one to watch on DVD, it. isn't it? Because there's a lot of nice, yeah. juicy monsters and things and I think you want to revisit those. So I think it will make money in the long run. Um, of course, we had the, the Wolverine, which will lead into the Days, yeah. of, days of Future Past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and Hugh Jackman... Not really, but you know, Hugh Jackman's even getting to the stage now where I think he says, "Well, you know, how many more 
Wolverine movies can we make? It's, it's body, I never really thought about it until recently, but I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing someone else have a go at Wolverine. And I felt quite. I think, not, I think you'd have to pry it from his dead hands, though. Really, I totally I agree. I mean, I, I have no. He, I think he's to having a, a ball. I think he absolutely loves playing that. But he he did say, I feel I'm getting a little bit old for this. Now. Yeah, I mean, so, of course, it's a physical role, and he is getting older. I mean, that's you know. So yeah, um, but yes, I think that he's he's perfectly up for it. While while there's still movies to be made, and it's interesting that you know that should be. What I always find it interesting that I'm not really a big Wolverine fan. I don't really, you know, the more Wolverine I read, the less I sort of understand why the Wolverine is such a massive character. Or he's but, badass. I think that's the main reason. You know, yeah, takes takes no crap on his virtue. He's he's a killer, and he don't really get many of those in superhero games. Yeah, so he he can always hero films in an ensemble. He he can be he can be the standout guy because he's he's the cynical one. He's he's the one that'll that'll do the despicable thing or whatever. So he's he's more interesting in an ensemble than on his own, I think. Yeah, I guess, but I yeah, I mean, I, I just don't. The character does not appeal to me. You know, it's like this year I have read a lot of uh, sort of graphic novels and what have you, and like there's there's the reverse of that as well. I always found the, you know, the concept of Daredevil very boring, but then when I actually read the novels, there's they find little wrinkles and things to to push it forward, and and you know he's actually a very interesting character, uh, but obviously he's he's a second string Marvel character, whereas. Mm. Wolverine's up front, but Wolverine's far less interesting, you know, even in the comics than Daredevil is. It's just weird. So, yeah, so moving on then, we got August and uh, things that need to be noted, uh, such as, uh, well, Elysium, which I never got round to seeing. I, no, I, no, I, I, I did see it. Oh, my, the only person here, I'm the only person who's going to pine upon it. Um, <laughs> yes, it's from the guy who did District 9. This is his next sort of sci fi film. It's kind of a parable about, uh, well, free healthcare, basically, isn't it, really? I, I didn't mind it. I think it, it kind of... It's all flowing all very well and nice until you get to Elysium, where logic promptly breaks down in, in the free-floating gravity-lessness of space, uh, and it becomes a little bit weird and silly after that point. Um, but uh, certainly it continues with the same kind of feel and, and visceralness. Not visceralness. There's, there's, oh yes, I suppose it is. Because, because District Nine was quite kind of you know technology clamped into you, um, yeah. kind of a thing. And, and listen, definitely continues with that. Uh, you, you definitely feel quite sorry for Matt Damon, who is the biggest loser in all of science fiction, as far as I'm concerned. And Jodie yeah. Foster comes in as the biggest bait and switch of a of a villain in a movie uh, ever, as far as I'm aware. Um, because it's like, we get to listen, and there's Jodie Foster, who's been scheming the entire time, and oh, 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 no, she's gone. Okay, let's just carry on, go over here, then do our weird <laughs> thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, I don't think it's as good as District 9, uh, but I, I certainly didn't feel bored at all. Um, yeah, what can I say? They basically seem to have the technology to heal basically anything. And but only a few people have it on a space station, and everyone else on Earth is living in a dump and dying of things, while yes. security robots go around pushing them around and shoving rather nastily. So um, yes, I thought it was well designed and, and and very enjoyable. I will probably see anything else this director puts out because I'm keen to have thoughtful science fiction 
be on our big screens. And that was the main thing I came out of District 9 going, well, it's derivative of other things I've seen. But you know what? I'm just going to back this film because it's been so long since we had science fiction that was thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So then a little bit further along in August or maybe even edging into September in the UK, we had the mortal instrument City of Bones, which I don't imagine anyone else has seen. No, didn't see that. No. Uh, another attempt to capitalise on Twilight that went sadly awry. But what's notable about this movie is that it has a lot of actors in it that you you kind of wish... I mean, just to pick off the top, Robert Sheehan, who did such a good job in the first two seasons of Misfits, uh, Lena Headey, who obviously everyone thinks is great, Jared Harris, who uh, was excellent in Fringe and uh, decent as Moriarty in Sherlock Holmes. So you've got all these yeah. great actors, and then there's, mm, it's a fairly nothingy movie. So, yes, you see that the actors getting sort of sidelined into things that maybe weren't possibly the best thing they could be doing. We've already talked about Riddick far too much. Disappointment comes, and I haven't even seen this, Insidious Chapter 2. Now, I watched Insidious Chapter 1 because I was that bored, and then was like, wow, it was one of those moments where you go... Oh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, apparently, Insidious Chapter Two manages to completely squander all of that uh. goodwill in in a, a mess of rubbish. Which is weird because the guy who made it, James Wan, made a film called The Conjuring. I've also not mm. seen earlier in the which year. Which is meant to be good, so isn't it? The Conjuring is meant right. to be yes. good. Yes, indeed. So. Um, there we go. Oh, gosh. They kept quiet about this, didn't they? In September, apparently, there was a release of The Wizard of Oz in 3D. Wow. In America, okay. that probably was, yes. No wonder they kept... I mean, this, this, this tells me everything I need to know about 3D. You know, you released Jurassic Park in 3D, and they made a little bit of... I, I knew it was happening. But then they do... Oh, yeah, we're going to do The Wizard of Oz in 3D. And they, they clearly didn't talk about that, because no. they're clearly actually ashamed that they even did it, but they, they somehow couldn't. It's become like 3D's like this little thing, or dirty little habit that they've got involved in, and now they don't know how to stop. And, you know, when Casablanca 3D comes out, I think that's <laughs> going to signal the final death knell of this craze. Um, then, of course, we had uh, Gravity. Did anyone go see Gravity? I didn't. Apparently, well, well my dad was raving about it. I I, I, I missed it. Yeah. Why didn't you go and see it? From a technical point of view, it's kind of amazing. Um, I, I, I thought it would probably be a very good visual experience to actually watch and enjoy in 3D, I say, you know, gripping myself whilst I say those cursed words. No, I, I understand just, I, that's I just, how to see it. No, I, think I just it's, didn't I think fancy it's just... a, a long movie about Sandra Bullock and, and George Clooney alone in space dealing with, with a crisis. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's kind a of being designed to watch it in 3D because yeah. of the technical stuff. There's like millions of things all floating around. I'm so sure it's a kind of a spectacle. Stunning. I'm sure. Yeah, it is a spectacle movie. It's like you have to go watch it in the cinema in 3D, and it, it's probably one of those few films that justifies having 3D as part of the you know weightless experience of being in space. But it, it was just like, well, yeah, survival movie in space, very small cast, Sandra Bullock, George Clooney. I, I, I was able to stay at home that weekend and, and not live with deep regret. Huh. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I think that that's definitely a. Uh, the way that I, I feel pretty much the same way about gravity, to be honest, that it just. It, it just like, especially bearing in mind the fact that I have heard from people that went to see it in 2D in the first place, God, I was bored. 
It's like, oh, okay, then, well, then, I'm not really... This is what it is. I mean, for me, for a, a, a film to be successfully... The problem is, for a film to be successful in three dimensions, I think it also has to be successful in two dimensions. And every film that I've ever heard of where it was like people raved about it in 3D, in 2D people are like, no. And it's like, well, then, wow. you know... You can't argue with the box office. So I fairly predict we'll have a number of astronautical 3D disaster movies coming out soon. You know, okay. starring Meg Ryan or something. So, mm. so we, can look, we can look forward to it spawning a genre it did so well this year. Um, of course, we had... Uh, it's just a bit like... Uh, I don't know whether this is a hallmark of our time, but of course in October we had Escape Plan with uh, Arnie and Sly together properly not just a cameo not like the expendables this is actually them together i i meant to see it and then didn't just it just passed me you, by you, you never discussed this movie with me why did you not discuss this movie with me leo this is clearly the sort of thing we discuss um because we didn't get to see it i mean look at the i mean the cast list as well is crazy like sly stallone uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, Vinnie Jones, Sam Neill, Jim Caviezel, Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, just crazy good cast. And I just, I was, I meant, kept meaning to go and see it, and it just never, I never got to the cinema to see it. And what was even worse and more frustrating for me was that I kept hearing people go, "Oh, I went, and it was brilliant, it was really good fun." So yeah, uh, that's one that I'm, uh, I'm I think you know. I, I, I don't know quite why I didn't get around to seeing that, but there we go. Um, we also had, of course, in that month, Ender's Game, which we've discussed at length, and the new Thor movie. So, uh, yeah, weirdly, October, the end of October, quite a lot of um, movies coming out there. That uh, I managed to see Thor, of course, uh, yeah. but that was about it, really. That was well, the same with me, really. That, I didn't see Ender's Game. I didn't see pretty much it. I must have been busy in October. Hardly saw anything of like that. Um, and then, then we're on to the downward slope, uh, Hunger Games, which I did. Uh, the thing is, I went to see the first Hunger Games and read the book. Because what was really interesting to me was that I don't, I haven't read any of the other books like the Beautiful Creatures book or the City of Bones book because I can see how, you know, that might play to the market. But when you say, well, this is a game, this is a book which is basically Battle Royale and we're doing it for kids, and it's become this massive best-selling behemoth with a film tie-in that is now becoming itself a massive behemoth. You're like, why? Oh, I just let the kids have fun. <laughs> I know, I understand. I, I, I'm all for it. I enjoyed both The Hunger Games and Catching Fire. Well, there I still you can't are, work out, I can't work out why it's so massively popular with teenagers, though. Oh, because you're a teenager, you're angsty and people dying. It's what you think about when you're a teenager. I guess. Yeah. I mean, not have vampires in, you know. No, it's, it's more ground. No vampires. It's just a dystopian future instead. Yeah, it's kind of like um, The Running Man mixed with 1984, mixed with Diary of Anne Frank, yeah. mixed with, you know... It, it, with it, hilarious consequences. <laughs> Oh, just... I mean, I, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, but I, I didn't really understand why why people were going to see it in such... I'm very glad that they are, but I still yeah. don't get it. 
Maybe I'll I'll understand. Well, there's only one more to get puzzled over. So oh, you know. he says one more. He he knows nothing. He knows two. Yeah, there's two <laughs> last book, two two movies. And then the only thing that's really come out in December that is is of any note, which we've already discussed several times, is The Hobbit. So there we go, which will no doubt make its uh, presence felt in the top ten. So that is enough looking backwards, gentlemen. That is enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, before we move on, we called our summer review a summer of various disappointments. I can't help but feel that 2013 is the year of the cinematic disappointment. It's certainly a mixed bag, isn't it? I mean, there are kind of, there are some, you know, noteworthy things, but I think generally it's not an amazing year. It's not about noteworthy. I mean, and I think that's weird. Well, the, thing, the weird thing is, right, Iron Man 3, they expected it to do well, and well, it did much better than they expected. Despicable Me 2 follows the same pattern. I'm sure that The Hobbit will follow the same pattern. And Catching Fire, they expected it to do well, it's done better. So the things that they kind of... There are certain things they expected to do well that have done a lot better than they expected. But that comes down to four or five movies, those things that are in yeah. the top five positions of the, the, the top ten. Everything else underperformed. The only successes of this year were surprise, you know, surprise successes or films that did way in excess of what they'd predicted for them, which is a very weird spread. So either things did no business or extremely disappointing business, or, you know, you released a Star Trek movie and lied to the fans about it and lied to everyone else about it and then get caught out. Or alternatively, you've made Iron Man 3 and everybody loves it. Looking back on it, my favourite Marvel release of the year is Thor. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I thought it was a bloody good film, that. I thought it was, you know, good fun, good pacing. Just, well, it, you know. it, it kind of like, 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 you know, you know what? People kind of like Loki. Let's, when, let's just cling hold yeah. of him as tightly as we can and just go for a rollicking fun adventure, mostly. Um, so uh, I'm not surprised because it kind of just kind of kicks loose, whereas, uh, whereas Iron Man 3 is much more rooted in the Earth timeline universe of, of the Marvel cinematic thing. Yeah. I'm interested to say, I'm interested to say as well, that, well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, if I'm going to be honest, Iron Man 3 does have, to, for me, a little bit too much darkness. It's not as fun as no. I might have wanted. No. Um, he, he's bummed Thor, out, he's got emotional problems, the enemies are blowing his yeah. friends up, his house is destroyed. At the end of the movies, spoilers everyone, he destroys every suit that he has and retires. It, it's it's pretty grim in, in such a ways. It's like I'm glad you went through this process so you could walk away and be happy. The Thor, on the other hand, was just lo- lovely and silly. Oh, and oh, it was. I actually preferred it. I preferred it to the original. The, I mean, the first one actually. I just thought it was great. I thought. Well, I actually went to see it in a in a triple bill with the Avengers and the original oh, one okay. on Super right. IMAX. Right and. One of the things that I noticed was how much more fun the original Thor was than I remembered. So I would right. urge you to re-examine. Maybe, Thor yeah, okay, maybe. Because if you watch it again, you just go, "This is great fun." How was I mean? I was having fun first time I watched it. I'm having even more fun. Oh, I, now. Shall, I shall, I shall, I shall get out my Netflix and and watch it yeah. soon then. So that's yeah. So I mean, you know, yeah, Thor was the the winner for me in terms of yeah. just solid fun this year. But Iron Man was a perfectly solid film. I mean, it know, was yeah. No, was no, I enjoyed film. it. I did enjoy it a lot. So uh, yeah. So I mean, that's that's so. It is very strange. I wouldn't have. There hasn't been a year before 
that I can remember where it's been such dramatic. Things are either overperforming massively or just sinking without trace, left, right and centre. I don't know whether this is a thing. I don't know whether that's actually true or whether that's just the way it was reported. Well, we did um, observe there was something of a summer film fatigue setting in. It's like, yes. oh, not another blockbuster I'm expected to go see. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a certain amount to which the, the sort of film journalism is creating that. That's what I'm saying. Whether, in fact, people are just going and seeing movies or they're not going to see movies. Um, interestingly, you should we were talking about Thor, that um, I can't remember the actor's name now. The guy who plays Loki, anyway. Someone? Yeah. Tom Ooh. something, isn't it? Tom something. I've, I've forgotten now. Yeah, the Tom something. I'm sure. <laughs> if only we had a film list open, yeah. we could look up who was in the movie. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Us. But, oh, here it is. Tom Hiddleston. In many Tom ways, Hiddleston. we were talking earlier about Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> this not really being his year, despite the fact that he was in Star Trek and doing all this crazy stuff. And honestly, playing the voice of a dragon, that's not really putting you front and centre. You're playing the voice of a dragon. That in many ways, Tom Hiddleston had the year that we kind of might have expected for Benedict Cumberbatch, them being similar types of actors. Mm. So, yeah, that's kind of, kind of interesting. And yet, you know, Tom Hiddleston, I don't think he's seen as such a hot property. Oh, Even no, he's, though I he's, would he's, say he's he is. Of, he's, he's definitely got a, a fan. He's got a fangirl following. Oh, he's got a huge fangirl following, just like Benedict Cumberbatch. It's just weird to me that he's the one making the successful stuff that's really big, and yet Cumberbatch is still the name to conjure with. Odd, but there we go. So, uh, what have we got to look forward to in 2014? Let us let us set our sights upon Let's the future. Let's open the selection box and twiddle our fingers the- with joy. The first thing that leaps out to me, oh yes, just as last year opened with uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D, so this year we'll open with Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. Well, there we go. Correct. That's certainly a franchise that needs another another episode of, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's watch it on fast forward. It's I like the fact that now they've they've got embarrassed by the numbers and they've just decided to give it, you know. Yes. Almost immediately following that is the first of two Hercules movies that nobody oh, asked. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. There's the fact that they've got a. It's like sort of last year was Battle of the White House movies nobody wanted to see. <laughs> this year is the Battle of the Hercules movies. Well, I think nobody somehow, you know, the um, we might the Rock might just you know get a little bit more popular on that one because I think yeah, I think that's gonna you know that's that's gonna swing it if you're gonna have, if you're gonna make a choice. But they're probably gonna spread out. They're probably spread out quite widely, I'd imagine, sensibly. Um, the release dates of the past are a matter of record and were still somewhat different from the UK ones. So the release dates that we're looking at here may be different in the UK and, and may not even happen. Uh, but we have, uh, towards the end of January, I Frankenstein. I remember yeah, I quite like the look of that. A, people have been making quite a lot of fuss about that one. Yeah, okay, I'll go and see it probably because it's January so. and... And that's what happens. I can't believe that the Lego movie is coming out on the seventh of February. Early, isn't it? Quiet. Yeah, because that, um, I mean, that actually looks very good. I, that I've looks, heard that. It's actually quite. A, it's not what you think. You think it's going to be, you know, uh, whatever. A children's it's the thing. Lego movie. It's what you make of it, really, isn't it? But it is actually ra- rather wry and rather geared towards more adult humour. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, so I played, looking, uh, certainly looking at the trailers. A Lego world would be very appealing, I think, to be. It's smart. It's smarter than just. A, it's not just a children's comedy movie. It's actually smarter than that. 
Um, well, is, I think it's it'll sort be... of like the uh, the Muppets. I the think so. Muppets I think that's a very good. Uh, yeah, that's right. I think that's what they're going for. Something that is a bit self-referential and you know more uh, that adults will actually enjoy as well. So it's a. It looks good. Yeah. We like Lego. Um, a Lego person is iconic. And they've made, they've I think it's a good idea for a movie. They've kind of filmed it so it looks... It's obviously computer generated, but it actually looks stop frame, so it looks like someone's just made it out of Lego, which is quite smart, I think. Okay, well, I'm intrigued, I suppose. Yeah. Certainly, then, let's skip straight over Robocop. Can't even say any we, more we about that. Bound we'll to, just... We're bound to tuck into that to that turkey later in the year, I think. Probably on Yes, I think definitely. Which you'll mandatory go watch it. I have just to say, to, I'm to not... Tell how terrible it was. So far, I'm not... I'm terribly overwhelmed with the movies that are coming out, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, what's really... Feel, no, no, this, no, it's is, not this is the January-March stretch, It is January it? to March, so, yeah, I appreciate that. Here's an interesting little nugget. Pompeii, directed by the man who brought you Resident Evil and Aliens vs. Predator, starring... Uh, Jared Harris, Kiefer Sutherland, Carrie Ann Moss. Wow. Uh, they don't have a lot of faith in this, do they? It's a big budget, epic, you know, historical thing. I don't think they have much faith in it being. So, is it, what is, is it Titanic with volcanoes? What is it? Well, I guess so. It's, Pom- it's a Pompeii movie made by the guy who bought That's the gonna be a Evil. The, the, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost compelled to go and see it, but just I'm back. The, I'll be the only person in the cinema. So, yeah. Wow. Um, and there's another biblical course, epic after that. Well, I don't know about epic, but uh, okay, there's some interesting stuff going on. Because <laughs> uh, mm. yeah, because in March, early March, we've got that 300 uh, yeah. sequel everybody was asking for. Oh no, wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is quite uh, interesting. You could see a double bill of Son of God and the three and the 300 Empire Rise of the Empire. Yeah. It's just, that's that's going to be the bizarrest mythic double bill in the history of cinema. <laughs> Um, then we have the computer game adaptation Need for Speed coming out in uh, March. Great. Right. Everybody's on the yeah. edge of their seat on that one. That's right. And, of course, we've got uh, Muppets Most Wanted. So the Muppets did good a couple of years ago, so they're yeah. getting a second try. I'm um, Disney given the wheel another crank. I hope it's good. I mean, the, 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 the recent one was, was good. I really enjoyed it. I'm hoping this carries on. Um, I'm um, not. I have to say, from the from the trailers, I'm not as excited as I was the the the, the last one. But you know, oh, I'll see. Now, I'll Gervais, Tina Fey. How could this not work? Uh, they've uh, they've they've managed to cram in a sequel to the Raid at the end of March. There, uh, in between Gareth Evans um, doing his Godzilla uh, thing, so that's going to come in. That'd be quite nice. The Raid Two being out just in time to go along with their Captain America. Which is uh, opening the summer next year. You so, skipped uh, my already... haunted house too. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have skipped straight over that. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so of course the Marvel now officially. There's another. Opened... There's a Noah. What is up with this year? There is a, another biblical epic. <laughs> is that, am I missing something? Is it some? Is there some foretold some? Second coming or something happening in March. I, I believe there is perceived to be a market for this thing in America. So wow, one year, yeah, it's their movies. From there haven't really been one before. What? I, I, like, I, well, that well, there was a trend of biblical epics long ago in Yonder Pass. Oh, I know, a long time ago, but it doesn't. It's like some this year they obviously decided they're just going to release those things. So okay, yeah. 
But, um, yes, to move on uh, to the summer, which begins on April 4th, apparently, uh, right. with Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, let's get So, there we go. Yes, of I think we should skip over that. Yes. It'll be what it is. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, we're going to get, settle into the... Uh, I, I can predict here that we're going to settle into the rhythm here that nothing really comes out the week after Captain America, because who would be that stupid? And then the week after that, uh, still nothing... Mm, I mean, this is wow. just obviously it's these all the way oh, February, Amazing really, Spider-Man uh, Two well, coming out in May. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah I'll, uh, in, I'll go see that. Legend. Of what's interesting? What's interesting to me about Amazing Spider-Man Two is that I think that it's the first non-Marvel Studios. Although it's got a co-credit with Marvel yeah, it Studios, has, yeah. that's interesting. That's interesting. So that yeah, that is very interesting because um, I'm wondering if Disney haven't bought into that. And that's why it's been marketed quite as heavily. I mean, that's the thing. It's the first um, non-exclusively Marvel Studios picture that I've seen come out. That's just been like, oh, okay, this is, uh, you know, this is happening. And then I note yeah. on the same day as Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Legends of Oz, Dorothy's yeah, now Return. Now, what is that? That's interesting. That oh, has the smell to me of an animated feature. Yeah, it's I got think. Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and Kelsey Gray. I think you might be right there. Yes. Yeah, so there we go. Is there some sort of okay. like, cash-in on last year's Oz? Um, yeah. Now, now, as I noted, 28th of March, The Raid 2 is coming out, and then a mere month and a half later, Godzilla, uh, directed by the same guy, is coming out. Um, so that's uh, going to be... Uh, Interesting. Oh, Godzilla, and then we, wow! This next year's the, the summer's really getting underway. We've got Godzilla, and then the week after X Men: Days of Future Past. Wow! And okay, then the week we after that, Maleficent. Yeah. Um, hmm. The story of the pause moment. X Men: Days of Future Past. Return of Brian Singer to franchise. Am I correct? Yes. Oh wow! Yes, you're right. So that's, that's interesting things. because you know back in the day, you know X Men Two was kind of the thing. I mean, we all, we all look back at, back at it and go, now, well, it was early days. But it was like, oh, this is how you should do comic book hero movies. We all proclaimed it at the time. It's only really when he made Superman Returns that the sheen was taken away yeah. from um, Brian Singer. Uh, so I'm, I'm really keen to see him go back to the franchise again. And then, I'm interested I mean, in seeing the work of Fan Bingbing, who apparently is in it, and Boo Boo <laughs> Stewart. <laughs> There's so um... <laughs> Big fans of Bing Bing and Boo Boo, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I can't oh, somebody has here. to. I can't help but note here we have um, Edge of Tomorrow coming out 6th of June, apparently. Obviously, all these are alleged at this stage. Director Doug Lyman, who bought you the reboot of The Bourne Identity, uh, written by Christopher McQuarrie, who bought you The Usual Suspects, which many people right. like. I'm not among them, but it, there we go. Starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt and Bill Paxton. So okay. that's almost certain to be some kind of science fiction. Well, it says action sci-fi. Yeah, okay. So we, we've got the next uh, chapter in that particular story coming up next June. Clint Eastwood I, is it's directing a musical. I just have to say those words because I don't think I'll ever, really? have a ever have a chance to say that again. With Christopher <laughs> Walken. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> okay, okay uh, and then let's... I woke up and I thought, oh my, I'm late for the podcast. <laughs> We've also got a sequel to 21 Jump Street, which so many people hated, but clearly so many other people quite liked. I enjoyed I wasn't, I, we never got that over here in the UK, the television series of 21 Jump Street. So when they made a comedy spoof out of it with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, I just went along and had a laugh. So yeah. I got over it, whereas other people didn't. Uh, and then we have uh, another sequel that uh, has come out of nowhere. This film did better than I think it had any right to this year, The Purge. But I'm wondering if, because people, I think they've made The Purge 2 on the basis that there was clearly an appetite for The Purge when it came out because people went to see it, but then they all came out and went... Yeah, that's not really what I was expecting it to be like. I was expecting it to be a bit better than that. And I'm wondering if this is going to be one of those cases where they've gone onto the internet and basically hoovered up all of what people expected The Purge to be, and that's what the sequel is going to be. I, I would imagine so, because it's now an established name. People know what they're getting when they go see The Purge. So maybe the expectation is people will go there thinking the sequel will be an improvement. Which, which I think is it, it's almost it's almost yearning for the for the old model of diminishing returns, really, isn't it? Well, I think to be fair, if they, no, they'll ring this one as long as they can, and there is a lot of potential in the idea of the purge, and that I think if they can exploit that, that could run and run. And of course, talking of exploiting things and making them run and run, Transformers: well, Age of Extinction. Well, that, out of that's obviously years. something I'll be finding time to go and see. Or maybe no, wait, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's quite <laughs> sad that the Michael Bay version of Transformers is is in many ways now the the definitive go to default when people talk about Transformers. He's been doing it for so long. He hasn't just he didn't just do his trilogy and walked away. He's now doing a fourth film. This guy is properly committed to making Transformers yeah. films. If I hadn't seen his name at the top of there, I might well have given it a go, but I'm not prepared to see another Michael Bay Transformers movie, I'm afraid. The third one was so crushingly well, dull. Well, the second one was enough, and I, I didn't go and see the third one. I've got no intention of seeing it. And the first one was enough for me. I walked out of that film. I didn't, I didn't go to see it. I caught it. I caught the third one on a streaming service as it rushed by. But yeah, no, just so... What amazed me was the fact that number two, you know, slightly tooth grating, but I managed to get to the end. Three yeah. was just so boring. Well, yeah. see, I, um, I, I saw the first Transformers movie because I'm a Transformers junkie, as I may have previously established in our cartoon episode. And I came out of it going, well, I knew it was going to be a bad film, but it was bad in ways I had never predicted or expected. It was almost admirable in a way how bad it was. Uh, and then it was like every time these films came out, all I could hear was how crushingly bad they were. It was an internet sport of sitting down there and, and with with hysterical prose laying out just how bad these movies are. And yet he still keeps on going. He's he's the big steam engine that could Michael Bay. He keeps winning time after time. Uh, at this stage, I'm just marveling at, at you know. The fact that he's still doing it. This is your fourth movie, mate. You can walk away now. You can officially just walk. Why are you still doing this? My God. Okay, you own Transformers. It's yours. I give up. I surrender. Well done, sir. I have met my match. So moving on to July, I'm just going to read a list of movies here from the 11th down. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Jupiter Ascending. 
Planes 2, I just want to note there, and Hercules the Thracian Wars. So not so many, there's obviously going to be more movies coming out in July than the seven or eight they've got in here, but those four in a row, I mean, come on. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, first of all. When the rise of the Planet of the Apes came out, I was very dismissive, and then yeah. had to eat my words, because it yeah, turned absolutely. out... Yeah, absolutely, it's a good, it's a good film. Yeah, so this is going to be very interesting uh, to see yeah. how many more people want to go and see the sequel because I'm there, and I would never thought I would say that about no. Planet. I mean, when Rise of the Planet there, so I was like, really, do people really want this? And then everybody said, no, actually, it's a pretty decent movie. And uh, I watched it, and I was like, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was good. And then we got the Wachowski's next movie, well, after Cloud Atlas, which I didn't... Oh, which technically did come out in the UK this year 2013 but wasn't on the list of the films of 2013 because in the states it came out in 2012 awesome movie in a way it kind of like it's one of those films it's like i think it's important that people watch that movie but right at the same time I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if people didn't like it um cloud atlas anyone seen that no i didn't see it no um ian no, I didn't. Um, I think uh, I basically you, you, I could, you, you, I think as Paul was, you, you explained this to me later. You said it's a movie that's impossible to explain in a, in, in a short amount of time, so therefore it's impossible to market. Yes, and it, I mean it's a stunning piece of film. I, I, I'm I'm thinking I'm probably going to end up owning a copy because I just unlike like the, with the Mikowskis, obviously the big. Uh, I'm not going to call myself an apologist for The Matrix. I like The Matrix. I think it was ambitious. And I think that people who say that the second two sequels got lazy obviously have... Oh, they were never lazy. That was not their problems. No, exactly. But lots of people say, oh, they just got lazy and they just uh, they were doing it for the cash. It's like, no, if there's a pair of filmmakers who are not in it for the yes. cash, the Wachowskis are there. I would prefer it if they cared less, actually. I no. would probably enjoy them more. <laughs> yeah. Um, v for Vendetta, I think, was fine. Uh, but obviously, James McTeague directed that. They just produced it. Speed Racer, mm, I understand Vanity their passion for... For, for manga, but uh, anime and all that kind of stuff, but I, I can't get behind it. It was it was fine. It, it, well, it is. Cloud Atlas, another yet another interesting failure uh, after the, the Matrix, and the point is interesting more than failure, I would say. And so Jupiter Ascending set to be right in there, and they've got it right in the summer, so obviously there's some confidence with this. That is well, going to be a crazy I'm film. looking at the cast and stuff. They're really going for it, aren't they? I mean, they're going to... Yeah. Okay, let's place oh, bets now. Uh, Sean Bean, uh, how long into the movie until you think he dies? <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, why are Walt Disney making Planes 2? Uh, that's because very quick children as well. Will go watch anything. No, no, but everybody, children hated Planes. I children, suspect uh, the fact that we have one already so quickly makes me think it must have been in production at the same time. as. Yeah, planes. they must have thought people are going to yeah. go for Planes. And they didn't, and now it's too late. But so maybe that will even disappear before it gets there. But yeah, I mean, wow, that was if there was ever a film that just totally. I mean, even kids were like, "But this is just cars with planes, and it's not as good." You know, kids, little tiny children were able to see through that one. Uh, just crazy. So yeah, then finally, on the twenty fifth, we get uh, Dwayne Johnson as Hercules in the Thracian Wars. That'll be uh, big. Damn those! It'll be awful, but you know, it'll be a big spectacle. Oh, 
And then, of course, August 1st, Marvel coming in with their second salvo of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I quite like the sound of this. So that's now got a... I mean, that's almost certain to happen now, so now I know where it's happening in time. So I've, I've, I've heard so much you know, buzz about this, and now it's, it's actually here. It's got a date, August 1st. It's, it's, wow. it's one of the wings of the Marvel Universe that I, I know nothing about whatsoever, because I don't think there was ever a cartoon of it in the 80s, presumably. So I'm quite interested in it from that point of view, coming to it completely cold. I read a, I read a comic, uh, sort of an intro to the Guardians of the Galaxy that was doing the rounds on uh, the Marvel Comics app a while ago, if they manage to get the spirit of what the, the the point is that it's it's it is basically a star Star Wars meets the Avengers. Yeah, that's basically the movie of the Avengers. It's got to be quick witted people talking, you know, quick jokes with a team of people defending bits of the galaxy with space stuff going on, and well, they've yeah, got, they've I mean, got just, Glenn Close in it, which is quite. You know, eyebrow raising because she's she's a, a you know mark of quality is our Glenn Close, isn't she? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, but you well, I mean, you know, yes. So um, it's got an interesting cast. And Vin Diesel. So, and Vin Diesel. Well, she uh, might be. There's so many weird and crazy things in it that she might just be a voice, might she? Like Vin Diesel. Oh, that's true, actually. Who's like yeah. the voice of one of the big characters, isn't he? So anyway, I, I've been you, deliberately avoiding knowing anything about it because I, I don't want to Wikipedia the entire. It's a ve- all I'm saying is a very strange collection of characters. There's a very unusual um, lineup, even just from the heroes side of it. So it's a, um, it's a completely you know it's got that star like, like this. It's got that Star Wars thing. It's all kind of you know creatures and various things going on. So visually, going, I imagine it would be stunning. Going toe to toe with Guardians of the Galaxy a week later. Uh, maybe inadvisedly, I don't know. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles gets its reboot. I mean, I hope that. a lot. I, I hope a lot for this, but I, something is telling me that this could be terrible. But you, oh, and I you, can't um, help but note, of course, Lucy, the Luke yes. Besson movie. At last, another Luke Besson action movie yeah, coming yeah, out. Action, adventure, sci-fi. Scarlett Johansson uh, and um, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. Luke Besson. Okay, I'm there. I'll buy yeah. that. Yeah, which and that's the American release date. So I'm imagining we may get that in Europe a lot earlier than the Americans get it. So good. Um, uh, Expendables three. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean Expendables two did did do a lot of business. So wow, they've not certainly got, they, they're really dragging them out now. There's as a long lot as they can control the cameos. I think it, it'll be fine. I think Expendables there's a lot of cameos sucks. now. I mean, my God, you've got Mel Gibson and Wesley Snipes. My word. Yeah, so uh, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, all the action heroes are back. I've still not seen number two. It's there on Netflix, but I just yeah, never right, had actually. quite got the second one's alright. Is it alright? It's alright, right. but it does suffer. The cameos become quite obtrusive after a while. Yeah, they do a little bit. They, they, they kind of like elbow the way into the plot and go, hello, I am a cameo. Look how awesome um, I am. And then apparently. Um, Apparently, we're being told that on the 22nd of August, we're going to get that Sin City sequel I would have given a crap about four years ago. Okay. Uh, Only four <laughs> years ago? Wow, fair enough. Uh, yeah, well, well it's, 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 all, it's, it's all the original team, so I mean, I, you know, I think, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, the, the problem with it is, right, the thing about it is that when you got, well, I got the special edition of the DVD and it, they showed you 
exactly how Sin City was actually quite easy to make, despite having the star-studded cast. The reason that it even exists, being a black-and-white movie with swatches of colour in it and all of this, and did so well and did what it did so beautifully was because, um, essentially, Robert Rodriguez made it in his garage for no pence. I mean, he he shows you, they, you know, actors didn't even have to be in the studio at the same time, and you could weave them together into a scene if they were up for it, and if you could get the good takes, and what have you. So that was great, and I, you know, fine. And then he said, right, and then I can make Sin City 2, and it'll be out in 18 months, because it's all digital. And I was like, I want to see this. And now he's just gone off and done a bunch more Spy Kids and Machete yeah. and Planet Terror. And, and he just completely got sidetracked. And I'm like, that was an iron I would have preferred you to strike while it was hot. Yeah, I'll probably go and see it. But it's not going to be the amazing thing, the proof of the power of digital that it would have been if you'd have just done it when you bloody said you would. Is it, is it almost a retreat for him, having having scored some bum notes with Machete? Box office. Machete was... Machete... Uh, wash your mouth out. Machete was <laughs> awesome. I'm sure it was, but it didn't, it didn't do very well from what I heard. It did fine. That's oh. why they made Machete 2 Machete Kills. Huh? And why they're probably going to make Machete Kills again. I because, stand corrected then. No, it's all good. You know, he has not retreated... He's gone there for a palate cleanser. Yeah, no, it doesn't need... This is the thing about Robert Rodriguez has managed to do this crazy thing where he is the only person, I think, who can make a movie now and it can make what, according to anyone else's standard, would be crappy money. But because he made it for tuppence and a bag of chips in his garage in Texas, it's made a bunch of money. And so he can make another one and another one and another one. And they're always giving him the time, but they'll never give him the marketing. Because what ha- the problem I think that the studios have is, what if we market this Robert Rodriguez film really big and then people go and see it instead of seeing something we've poured a bucket load of cash into because, you know, that's what we tend to do. You see, he doesn't need massive box office returns to have a successful movie. And therefore, his movies are a lot quieter than everyone else's, which Absolutely. is a bit of a problem. I, I, I do prefer his model of filmmaking. If, it, if it's like, you know, lowering the budget is definitely something I feel films need to do, to be frank. Yes. <clears throat> and and I just think, yeah, I'm sorry that I missed Machete Kills in the cinema. But to a certain extent, the other thing about it is that his movies don't really need to be seen in the cinema. So I don't feel that bad about it. So, yeah, um, and then we get into September where they haven't really committed to anything yet. I'm not seeing a release date for the final Resident Evil movie, but I'm assured that it is coming, so they just haven't set a release date, clearly. I mean, there's no way that they'd stint on that sixth movie, bearing in mind the fact the fifth did better than all the others. So, um, what have we got there in October? Um, I mean, obviously, the later it gets in the year, when the year hasn't happened yet, the more vague the predictions. Apparently, Paranormal Activity is getting a fifth uh, Paranormal Activity 5, and that is coming out on October 24th. So the Paranormal Activity in January is just a side project of the Paranormal Activity. It's like Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) It's its own spin-off franchise. It's like it's like Grand Theft Auto <clears throat> Liberty City. It's not four, it's Vice City, it's a sidestep. This here's is the- an interesting here's an interesting nugget. 
Interstellar, uh, starring Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Michael Caine, Jessica Chastain, Matt Damon, Ellen Burstyn, John Lithgow. Sci-fi this year, you noticed? Yeah. Christopher Nolan film, no less. Directed by Christopher Nolan, written by Jonathan Nolan. Hmm. I think think I'd better make a booking now. Yes, I think people could put that the tickets for that on sale now, and they would sell out. So that's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to make a big circle on my monitor screen around that name. Yes, uh, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One uh, is out this time next year, so that's obviously expected to do big business. I can't believe they're making a sequel to Horrible Bosses. I mean, really, (laughs) seriously. And then, of course, we've got our yearly trip to The Hobbit, Night at the Museum. And, and look, another, another Exodus, another biblical movie. Is there something special about 2014 I wasn't aware of? I'm beginning to it, it now. Like this is weird. Sci-fi and Bibles. That's that's what's really the peddling <laughs> this year. Next year. So, yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've run through 2014 now out of, out of pace. One obligatory Hobbit. Yes. One of the the things about doing a prediction for the future is that it obviously may not come out that way. I mean, there are certain things I'm kind of expecting which don't currently appear on the list, but um, that's obviously all all as it should be. But it, it, I mean, yeah, I have to say that 2013, as we looked at it earlier, is it was a year of phenomenal, you know, a few phenomenal highs and a lot of really deep lows. I must say that having looked through that list, I cannot help but feel positive about. I don't know, I, actually, I mean, considering we're all we're all holding out for 2015, aren't we? Because of Avengers two and various big things that are happening, but actually, I think next year looks pretty good. I, I mean, the thing that gives me hope that 2014 is going to be a great cinema year is that, as along with all the things you're kind of expecting to see. Um, when you look down the list of things that are, are meant to be coming out, there are also these little things that are like, really, they're doing that? That's coming out? I mean, one of the things that you haven't mentioned about these this, this trend of biblical epics that are coming out next year is that, for example, Noah is being directed by Darren Aronofsky, the man who bought you Pi and The Wrestler, right. and, and Ridley Scott is directing Exodus. So, yeah, something's I didn't, I didn't that one. Wow, yeah, there we go. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's so, Christian Bale and Sigourney Weaver, Ben Kingsley. Well, Ben Kingsley, he was made for biblical epics, wasn't he? I'm not sure it's enough to get me into the cinema, but... I, it's, it's a cast, it's a cast of people I know. Which is Listen, you um, throw in sci-fi in, in biblical as well, you know, then I'll, I'll, I might go and see it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there's many spaceships in, in the desert for 40 years, but... Except I did remember watching a biblical epic called Life of Brian, and I seem to remember there being spaceships in there. I, I stand and that is historically accurate. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the thing about it is that there's always that thing as well where you look at the upcoming list of movies and you skip through it at a pace. Now, what we've also picked up is that there are. Films coming out which we weren't expecting. Like, nobody told me about this Christopher Nolan movie. What's going on there? Um, and things like that, where you just suddenly you're looking through this and go, "Wow, I'm actually quite excited for that movie now." Oh, That's going to be I'm quite- pretty sure we'll be sick to death of it by the time we reach reach the. Uh, oh yeah, phase. no, obviously. But the point is that there's there's movies there that 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 we have identified and gone through and gone, "Oh, that looks good," and that. Oh, I'm surprised that that's coming out. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, this is coming out. I mean, for God's sake, there's a, a what I've noticed there is that they did the Thor Dark World 
Chris, you know, November release, which is the first time I think that they've put the Marvel movie that far along in the year. Am I correct? There's not anything until when is when is Captain America? That's well, April. Not but, but April. Captain America one was the last movie before the Avengers, and that was out in August, right, uh, twenty eleven. And then they right. left it until April, May. Yeah, when I, they mean, I, I appreciate these aren't Marvel properties, but then you've got Spider-Man and, and Professor X, and then you've got Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's oh, this... yeah, no, but they're all, they're all in the summer. The, the, the Thor is so far notable to be the only superhero movie that's been released in that Christmas period. And that makes me wonder, because Ant-Man is on at the moment, if Ant-Man is a small enough movie, will yeah. they sneak it in? to Christmas time next year. That's just my... Because um, I think it did well for them doing Thor at Christmas time because people had... There was no other superheroes fighting out for the, the, mm. the box office. Whereas, yeah, as you've just noted, next summer is going to be... Yeah, I mean, this summer was a massive bust-up between Iron Man and the Wolverine and, you know, Iron Man 1. But, you know, the next year is going to be even worse because it's going to be Captain America battling Spider-Man battling the X-Men. Um, well, you, you, say, you, know, you say it was Iron Man versus the Wolverine. It should have been Iron Man versus Superman. DC versus Marvel. Yeah. Well, as as people have well noted, DC don't seem to have a frigging clue, so they're not really. Yeah, that far. they're trying. They're trying. They're, they're lining Man. up the cast. They've, they've cast the Wonder Woman, and there's been controversy about it as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm, uh, well, you know, is Ben, ben I mean, the thing... not playing Wonder Woman as well, is he? <laughs> <laughs> The thing about well, it's like that Adam Sandler movie where he plays a man and a woman. Yeah, you know that's a. What's really interesting from the DC point of view is that the thing that people have most given a crap about DC wise this in the last couple of years is Arrow. Yeah. DC have sort of managed to crack one nut, and it's a Green Arrow series. So it's like okay. Smallville Mm. was popular, so perhaps their strength is it's in TV rather than films. Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has famously uh, so far managed to underwhelm. I there are, however, loads of Marvel uh, series coming out. There's like four of them. Yeah, Netflix are going to do the big four, the actual Marvel television universe. So that's going to be interesting. I watch them on there. So far, I've been underwhelmed by by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but then I'm a bit too old for it, I suspect. I think once we get to our first season finale and first main, main character death, I think we'll all perk up a bit. No, I think that yeah, I think that Agents of Shield. I basically I've still got it on my DVR, and I've watched a few episodes. And the the note that I have is that they have tried really hard to make it a television series, and I think that's what people are punching it in the face for. Honestly, is that they they are they are trying not to lose their crap and be like, yeah, we're like a cinema experience every week. They're like, no, we are going to stick to this like grim death. But this is a television series and you either like it because you like a television series or you don't and get over it. And and I think they once they lose that it's not even a mental block, but just once they feel they've moved beyond where this vestigial part of of the movie universe. I think the other four television series on Netflix 
are really going to help Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Much yeah. apart from the fact that, well, the other four television series are going to be the same production company as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It'll be much better when they can actually do proper crossovers with, uh, you know, uh, Ms. Marvel and Luke Cage and all of that. When they can actually cross those over into the, the, the thing properly instead of just having vaguely Thor-themed episodes, they're going to be a lot better off because it's going to exist in its own space. Well, I think that's the thing I, I find myself bizarrely straining for in the S.H.I.E.L.D. series is is a recognisable Marvel villain for them to grow up against. And, and that hasn't really happened yet, and I'm, and I'm, I'm quite weirded out by it. But anyway... Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that is weird. And I'll tell you why. The only reason that is properly weird is because Joss Whedon has not hitherto had a problem finding someone for people to fight properly. No, he's, 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 you know, he's famous for being... You're probably constrained by the fact that these villains could appear in future films and they may well be all sorts of... Oh, there's, there's, there's the certain hierarchies of villain that you'd think they could churn out one of the, one of the C-grade so. villains... Uh, to, to, to give the TV guys a bit of a runaround for a week or two. If I understand the situation correctly, and obviously, as I say, it's all on my DVR waiting to be watched, they're on a mid-season break. Possibly the least attractive uh, trait of television over the last four years has been the mid-season break, and they are on one, are yes, they the not? strange contradiction that is the word mid-season finale. Yes, it's, it's, no, don't, I mean, the only place that I've ever seen where it even vaguely worked was Eureka, and that was because they basically took it as an excuse to have two 10 episode seasons instead of one yeah, 20 episode so, so season. did the same thing as well, but yeah, I hate it when they just get a normal season and just hacksaw it down the middle and spread it over two years. I'm not gonna get you yeah. But I re- I understand that, the, I mean, I can even understand the kind of the reason for it in this case, which is that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of worked through Thor, and then it'll pick up in time to work up to Winter Soldier. Um, so, you know, and I think that's another thing that's very difficult to make television where you're making it sort of crossover with, with a film release schedule. So, yeah, mm. So, so 2013, I'm lucky for some. 2014, some little diamonds to be found in the rough. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But uh, another... Well, yeah, I mean, this is what I was going to say, which I kind of never got around to say, is that there's also the things that when you start the year and as you progress through, you've got... They don't exist, you don't know anything about them, and then suddenly there they are, and you go, oh, I'll go and see that, and then you can be pleasantly surprised whatever. I do feel that this year has been somewhat bereft of those. I haven't been surprised and delighted by a single movie I think I've seen this year. If I've liked it, I've pretty much expected to like it. And yes. sometimes I've not been. I, 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 I would agree with that assessment. There's, I've got yeah, going, I, mean, I, I hope this is enjoyable. I, I, it should be given who's in it, who directed it, who wrote it. And it was usually, usually was good. And uh, things I had, I, I, you know, sense of dread about I went away feeling validated in my you know ever honing instincts in film watching so yeah um, I think there was a real hunger this year for that surprise you go to the cinema and you go oh that was good and I wasn't expecting it in fact the only thing I can think of that comes under that category for me it was Oz the Great and Powerful which came out at the beginning of the year so mm. which I kind of wish I'd seen um, now I kind of yeah 
That's right. It's funny. Yeah. The street. I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, yes. I, I just well, thought it looked off. terrible, and I was wrong. Yeah. Obviously, he was oh, warned well. off. Well, another place you can go, you can go to warn us off, would be our Facebook page. Yes, good idea. I was about to come to that. Yes, exactly. I, I preempted you. I, I can sense it. Okay, yes, well, of course, we're on Facebook, so go to Facebook slash Revenge of the 80s Kids. That's 80s as numbers, so 80s. Please go there and like our page. It is our community hub where we put up links to our podcasts and have uh, put up links to other things we find interesting and very occasionally have discussions. I have tried to start a few. No one was interested. So in the end, I just have to blame myself for the topics they picked. Regardless, that is our Facebook page. But podcasts of what it's all about, you can find those on the Podomatic site. They please point your web browsers to 80s Kids. That's 80s as in letters, so E-I-G-H-T-I-E-S kids.podomatic.com. Please go there and subscribe to our podcast using your podcast aggregator of your choice or download direct to your PC for dark reasons of your own. However, this is not the only place we can be found on the internet. Oh no, sir. Leo, please continue from here. Uh, yes, I can be found at leostelfer.blogspot.com where you can still currently find our archive, even though I am genuinely meaning in the next few days to get around to creating a whole new archive, which is a bit more easy to navigate probably than looking through my old <laughs> blog post and of course, for it. Throughout um, the year you are writing which tone? Oh uh, no, you see this this episode is our new year episode and is out on January 2nd. If you wanted Bridgetown Tales, you can now get them all at bridgetowntales.blogspot.com There are no more. Bridgetown Tales was 2013. 2014 is stuff that I haven't started working on yet. So no doubt I shall tell you about how to get into that later on at another time. But right now, yeah, Bridgetown Tales is, is done and, and complete um, as as we even speak now, um, and there will be more Bridgetown Tales news to come. But the actual thing itself, the core product, is complete. Go and uh, and peruse it, or they've bound to be. I think there will be, you know, podcast versions of the audio book and all sorts of things to come. But that's that's 2014 to come. What have you got coming in in, in 2014, Justin? Or are you just staying with your your? Uh, well, I, well, I'm still busy with my my series of children I'm doing, so that's going to keep me occupied for a while. But I mean, I, my my work not that I update it an awful lot, but my work is still available on my uh, on my page on the on the DeviantArt. Oh, mine's gone black. Um, <laughs> DeviantArt. DeviantArt. Thank you, DeviantArt. Uh, I put that down to mince pies and you know too much alcohol. My mind it's, went blank. Yeah, it's it's too much yeah, cooking it's, sherry, I think, in the afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of cooking, Sherry, I've got things to do. Um, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for welcoming in the new year with me. I'm excited and as an anticipatory of the joys ahead of us as we proceed forth into uh, into 2014. Yes, yeah, so and we're going to keep our our futuristic goggles on and, and keep our forward-looking, uh, you know, enterprising, horizon-busting uh, attitude by probably going back and looking at some more 80s and 90s movies in the coming yes, weeks. Um, so <laughs> that'll be great. Uh, but for now, um, uh, uh, no more old Lang Syne or whatever they say. And, yes. and goodbye to 2013. Uh, I must say that although I didn't have a bad year, I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> I did have a pretty terrible 2013. I'm glad it's dead. I wish it had a grave I could dance on. But oh well. Fresh beginnings, everyone. Happy New Year. And, and, and roll happy, on. Happy New Biblical Year. Biblical sci-fi. Yes. Biblical sci-fi. Biblical sci-fi. Bye-bye. Cyborg Jesus, it's coming. Bye. Bye. Bye.
It's not a clip show.